Good morning and welcome to a Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. I'm Mike Kidwell. And I'm Michael Kidwell. And today we're going to talk about stadium lights. Did you know that not all the time stadiums have lights? Right, right. And um, today will be a little different because normally we talk about pitching, hitting, but today we're going to go through the fan experience. And one of the big things for that was stadium lights. Um, And so I pulled up some information, and on May 24th, 1935, the first night game was um, played in Major League Baseball history at Cincinnati's Crosley Field. That field doesn't exist anymore, but it led the way to make it to where fans could experience baseball in a whole new way. Because normally they had to play at day. And because of that, people were at work. um, Kids were at school. And so they didn't have a lot of attendance. And so with lights, people could get off work and go to the ball game. And the night games really became a more fan-friendly environment because um, it became a more family-friendly environment because everybody was able to come. Like you said, people were off work, kids were out of school, and um, just everybody could come and enjoy the game together once they put stadium lights up. Yeah, another thing that, Michael, we, whenever we go see a ball game at a field and it's a night game, we usually get there early enough to where it's still daylight outside mm-hmm. because we like to get there to see batting practice and all of those things. But when you're coming when the game starts, Um, And when you're driving to the field at nighttime, you can look and you can see the the lights on the stadium field for miles. And it just glows. It just kind of has that um, background with downtown and everything with our local ballpark. It's Minute Maid Park here in Houston, Texas. And you can just see the glow of the lights from miles and miles and miles away. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool. To, to see because you can see your destination you can see where you're going mm-hmm. um too and and you can also start hearing the chatter of the fans from a few blocks away before you even get there and you know you, you look at the fan experience before lights and it was more businessmen and um you know people that that could get off and so the the following of baseball was more of a a man's thing and now it's become anybody can be um and anybody can enjoy a baseball game you mm-hmm. know young old alike and didn't, they don't have to be a businessman you don't have to have a lot of money they've made it to where it's family friendly to to go see a ball game almost just as inexpensive sometimes as um going to see a movie so mm-hmm. there's no other experience better than going to see a baseball game at a baseball field um, I love football, but football is easier to watch on TV than it is in person. Right. But baseball, um, that is one of those sports that is very easy and fun to enjoy in person. And most my, my most fondest memories are enjoying the baseball games under the lights. There's right. just something to be said about that. And um, I remember one game we went to at uh, Minute Maid Park where um biggio hit number three thousand and i remember sitting next to you right behind the first base dugout and to 
And now thinking back, if that was a day game, I wouldn't been there because you would have been at work and I would have probably been at home. <clears throat> and so just to think of how easier they've made it for the fans. And I mean, it's, it's constantly changing to where the fans can get that experience. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, the, the thing that we want to really uh, make sure that sinks in is the differences between, you know, then and now, you know, the, whenever you drove up to a stadium back there in the thirties, 1930s, that's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But when you drove your model T or whatever they had back then <laughs> in the thirties up to a ball field before there was lights, you could only see it if it was daylight. Yeah. And right when you got there, it didn't stick out. It didn't shine. And um, whenever they started with Crosley field, having lights, um, I, I, I can only imagine how that attracted people from all over the place to see mm-hmm. the game because they could see the lights on the stadium. Um, and it drew attention to the stadium. And we talk about stadium lights and we're talking about baseball and enjoying the, the, the game at a night at nighttime. And you're probably wondering, well, what does this have to do with Jesus? Well, let's read in Matthew five 14 and I'm going to, we're going to help you to, ex- to understand what this um, that we're talking about has to do with Jesus. And so Matthew five fourteen it says, You are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither does a man light a candle and put it under a basket, but on a candlestick, and it gives light to all that are in the house. Verse 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So just like you can't hide the lights of a stadium whenever they're on at nighttime and you're, you're driving in, you can see it from miles and miles away. We should be illuminating the light of Jesus Christ in the same way. People should see us coming uh-huh. because of the Jesus that we have inside us, not because we're trying to bring glory to ourselves or because of anything that we can do, but because we're so full of Jesus, we should be illuminating that light. And it should be um, something that people can see from a long way out. So um, if we live for Jesus, we'll we'll glow like these lights, like stadium lights shining brightly with his love. That's the main thing, his love. Many who are living in spiritual darkness will will be attracted to our light and want to step into into the light that we're in. That's That's the thing. The stadiums attracted people that were in the darkness, they're like, oh, let's go check out what's over there. Let's let's go see a, a baseball game at night. And it attracted them to that. And we should be attracting people to Jesus in the same way. Jesus' light always reveals truth about him. And if we hide that light, there's some problems that, that occur. And so the first thing that happens when we hide our light is um, it quiets us and we stop showing um but we stop showing what Jesus has spoken to us so it it really just muzzles us up when we're trying to hide our lights so let's let's talk a little bit about what happens when we turn the lights off mm-hmm. you know if if i don't know what year it was but a number of years ago um there's a super bowl and at halftime beyonce performed Oh yeah! And everybody made fun of Beyonce because after halftime, the lights went out in the whole stadium. 
and they were out for a little while um and everybody was saying well that's because beyonce turned the lights out <laughs> you know <laughs> she caused them to go out so but um we're not referencing beyonce um to the devil so don't get me wrong there but we are using that as an analogy but because the lights were on and then they were off and um what does that look like in our spiritual life when our lights are on and we're shining for jesus christ and then when we get around people that maybe um we're friends with or maybe people that were um um that that aren't christians and we want to impress um do we turn our lights off Mm -hmm. are we but are we or are we attracting people with the, the love and the light of Jesus Christ all the time? So that's something that we need to talk about because I know the answer to the question because we're all guilty of it from time to time. Right. And I had a youth when I was in um, a youth leader ask me, how do I live for God, but also fit in with my friends? And I, I had to tell him, you can't because to live for Christ is to be set apart. And whenever people see that you're living for Christ, they notice a difference and they don't always like that difference Mm -hmm. because it's not the norm. It's not what's popular. And so because of that, you get kind of cast out. And if you're listening, it's okay to be different. It's okay to be cast out because to live for Christ is gain. And so if people notice a difference and it's for Christ, then you're doing something right. When you look at the persecution that Jesus went through and the Bible says that he made himself of no reputation, but to bring glory to his father. And you you look at the persecution that he went through before he died on the cross for us. And um, he did it to glorify his father. He did it for the forgiveness of our sins. But we should we should count ourselves worth we should really feel like, wow, God has counted me as worthy enough to fall into the same persecution like like he had to go through. Right. You know, Jesus a lot of times puts us through those situations to increase our faith, not dole it. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, God, God's given me way too much than I can handle. Well, he doesn't do that. He doesn't give you more than you can handle. But he will send you through tests and he will send you through some um, trials and some suffering so he can be glorified. That's why Jesus went through the suffering and on the cross so his father can be glorified. And he gives us that same opportunity mm-hmm. that we can glorify him. And I, I really would encourage you not to miss that opportunity to glorify him in your suffering and your trials and your tribulation. So Michael touched on something. And so the first thing. Um, that's bad about turning our lights off is is we we're quieted and um we, what God's speaking to us isn't related to the people around us because we're kind of muzzled because we turn our lights off. The second thing is what Michael touched on, and it's um the it's going along with the crowd. Uh, our lights are turned off when we decide that we're not going to be the light of Jesus Christ, but we're just going to go with the flow and do what everybody else is doing. And a lot of times that happens when we're in a comfortable environment with friends or mm-hmm. close family. But we have to make sure that even in those situations, our light needs to shine. And even if the other people aren't shining, we need to shine. Right. Um, because if we're turning our lights off, then we're inviting darkness into our life. And if we're inviting darkness into our life, 
the truth is not eliminating, illuminating anymore. It's the, the lies of the devil that are illuminating and um, darkness creeps in. And then people were like, oh, I don't understand why um, I can't quit doing the things that I shouldn't do. And a lot of that has to do with not shining your light. You're turning the lights off and you're inviting that darkness in. If you shine your light, the darkness has to run and hide. When you turn your light on in a room, you go in from a dark room to a light room because you turn the light on. The light now, the, the room's now light. It's not dark mm-hmm. anymore. Where'd the darkness go? It disappeared. It ran and hid because of the light. So the same way that the devil works within us um, to try to get us to, he gives us those invitations to sin and let that darkness creep in. But we have, we have to be bold and not accept the invitations to sin and stand up and be the light of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. So, Michael, maybe talk about a time in your life when your light went out because you just went along with everything that everybody else was doing in the crowd. Um, yeah, so, um, whenever God was basically giving me my calling and saying, hey, you're going to be the drummer for your church and you're going to be a drummer, um, is when I was trying to play high school baseball and a lot of my friends from my baseball team, they were like, dude, we need you on the team, just forge a signature on your physical so that you can play. And so I tried it, got in trouble. Um, and really had to come to repentance and say, God, you know, I keep trying to run the opposite direction so that I can do what I want and to fit in um, at school. But ultimately, I had to humbly come um, and kind of surrender as <clears throat> sometimes the the Lord will catch you and he, he will throw you a curveball and he will spin you around. And sometimes it's hard, but you, you just got to push forward and let God do what he does because it's, it's for your good. Well, and even on this weekly podcast, I think that we can be transparent and honest with those that are listening. You know, we, we skipped last week. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't do a podcast last week because uh, I just really felt God speaking to me that we needed to concentrate on making sure our lights are on. You know, I think there's some times that our lights were turned off. And so mm-hmm. um, we, we skipped the week to make sure that we could re-identify where the light switch is and make sure that our light's shining bright. So again, we're not perfect, um, but we're not men that are tr- sitting here trying to say, oh, we've got it all figured out. But as we walk with God and as we um, are living lives of repentance, if we think that we need to take a week off because God is showing us something or revealing something to us, then we're going to be obedient to his command. So, Michael, another way that we can turn our light off and not shine bright is by um, denying God's truth, the truth that we know that is in his word. When we live against it, we're denying his truth. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the Bible says, if you are my disciples, it says it in John 8, 31 and 32, it says, if you are my disciples, you will know the word, or I'm sorry, if you are my disciples, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. It also says that you will continue in the word. So if we're going to be the disciples of Jesus Christ, if we're going to let our light shine, we need to be in his word. 
we need to know the truth or we will believe a lie. And so um, denying the truth that we know um, a lot of times happens in word. Sometimes it happens in action. But it's that um, denying of the truth that will let the darkness creep in and turn our light off. Uh-huh. So, I, I mean, I can share with you an example um, of in my life, you know, before I was really rededicated my life to God. I, I grew up in a Christian household and I knew the truth um, with my mind, but I didn't know it with my heart. And when God recaptured my heart and really brought me to a place of repentance and a, a place of dedication in a life with him, the truth was revealed that I always knew, but it was revealed not to me in my mind because I had memorized scripture. I knew where the books of the Bible were. I knew all of those things, mm-hmm. but I started getting heart revelation. And when I started getting heart revelation, that truth that I always knew in my head started revealing itself into my heart. And because of that, it started changing my life. Right. And so then you saw the fruit of that with a life change through the way that I thought and the way that I talked and the things that I did mm-hmm. um, started being more that towards glorifying God than glorifying this world and man. Um, does that mean that ever since that time that I rededicated my life to Christ that it's gone uh, perfect and that I've, I've been sinful? No, we still have a sinful nature. I'm still struggling um, and battling sin every day because the enemy wants to pick men off. He wants to pick the family off. And so he's going to continue with his lies. But if we know the truth, we can stand up to those lies and we can keep our light on. So another thing, Michael, that that will turn our light off is if um, we allow sin to creep in and dim our light. Uh-huh. You know, maybe your light's not shining as bright as it once did because you've let some secret sin right. um, creep in, or maybe it's blatant sin. You know, it's out there where everybody can see. But and then maybe you have a scale in your mind. Maybe you're like, you know, this is a small sin. Uh-huh. This isn't big. Uh-huh. But but God doesn't weigh sin. He he doesn't have a weight. Uh, you know, some weight scales, and he says like, well, you know, this is a good sin, and this is right. not right. so. You know, this isn't so bad. This is a really bad sin. He doesn't have that. It's sin is sin. Uh And it separates us from God, no matter how big or how small the sin. It's the same in his eyes. Um, So we we need to make sure that we don't let our light dim. Uh I mean, sometimes it doesn't go completely off. Maybe it's just starting to dim our light um, that others could see and attract others to God because we've let some sin creep in. So. Michael, you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so um, I'm going to be real honest right now. And so um, a lie that the devil was telling me that um, once I got engaged to Brittany um, and she wasn't comfortable with her <clears throat> living situation, I <clears throat> started allowing her to live with me. And so the devil kept lying to me oh, you're engaged, you're basically married, there's nothing wrong. But um, with people telling me, like my my brother's like, hey, what you're doing is wrong, you shouldn't be doing that. Um, just, just wait till marriage. And so I, I really had to take a step back 
and realize that I've I'm being lied to and I've I'm still taking it to repentance and I'm still um learning and I'm still trying to teach Brittany that what we were doing was wrong and if we do that then we're just starting our marriage off on the wrong foot yeah it's it's about building a foundation and our foundation is Jesus and that there's some things that Jesus has asked us to do to be set apart to the world so the world can see that our bright light shines and you know living a life of repentance looks just like what you said you know we're going to make mistakes and we're going to slip and fall but when we um when, when those mistakes are brought to our attention maybe we've become blinded because we're in the darkness mm-hmm. you know um and, and when somebody comes and brings light onto our situation and illuminates that darkness and we we address it with a life of repentance well the bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse mm-hmm. us of all unrighteousness in first john 1 9 so we know that the bible has those promises um that is not a ticket to sin but that is a promise that when we faithfully are living a life of repentance we honestly come to god with sorrow and um confess our sin then he's faithful to forgive us mm-hmm. the difference between living a life of sin and um just sinning occasionally because again we're all going to fall short of the glory of god but living a life of sin is when you're constantly living in the darkness and you're not affected by it mm-hmm. you've become comfortable in the darkness mm-hmm. you don't live a life of repentance in fact you don't even feel bad about what you're doing in the darkness anymore. But when you have sorrowful repentance because you know that what you're doing is against God's command and you know what you're doing is bringing darkness into your life, then that life of repentance can clear the air between you and God. It can bring forgiveness of sins and it can help your light bright, mm-hmm. shine bright again. So. One one other thing, I think this is probably going to be the last thing that we can talk about that can dim your light, is ignoring the needs of others. Um, we should be a beacon of truth, and we should be a beacon of light, and we shouldn't shut off our light from the rest of the world because we're not willing to help others in need. Um, you look at this world, and this world is full of need. And this full that this world is full of people that that are struggling. And um, there's a lot of people that call themselves Christians and that that call themselves um, children of God that have struggling people all around them, and they're not willing to help. I don't understand how you could be a light-bearing Christian when you're not willing to share that light with the people that need it the most. Um, it's almost like having a campfire, Michael. And, you know, you're, we, we've been camping out there at the river and it's really dark at night there. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're got a nice, you know, fire going and everybody's around the fire at night and, you know, the person pulls up to you in the camping spot next to you and they can't get their fire going and you take a little bit of your light over there and okay. help them start their fire. Um, and that gives you an opportunity to share with them the love of Jesus Christ. But if you just sit there and you enjoy your fire and you're kind of laughing and, you know, giggling that they can't get their fire started and, you know, they, they should have come earlier and they, uh, all these things, um, that is a horrible 
way to show your light. In fact, it's not showing your light at all and it's being very selfish, you know, and that's just an analogy with a campfire, but that's exactly what it looks like when we don't help people around us in need right. with the light of Jesus Christ. Right. Um, and so basically be the light. Um, we are called to be the light of the world. And so don't, don't hide your light. And so it's, it sounds so simple but it can also be a very difficult thing. It is. It's not, it's not easy to walk out the Christian life day by day. You really have to die to yourself. You have to be willing to um, give up some things that, that you want to do in, in order for Christ to, to um, operate through you. And that's what it's about. It's about building the kingdom of God and shining your light for other people around you. So why? So you can glorify your Father mm -hmm. in heaven. I mean, that's exactly what Jesus is asking us to do. He says in verse 16, let your light shine before men that you may, that they may see your good works, not so they, you can be acknowledged, but so they can glorify, so you can glorify your father, which is in heaven. So that's what it's all about. It's all about bringing glory and honor to God by living the set apart life. I mean, that's why we call this the pitch towards holiness. We're trying to strive that way. We're, we're not, yet obtained it completely and i don't know that we ever will on this side of eternity but we are striving daily to be set apart men living sacrifices acceptable to god mm -hmm. and that means that we're gonna have to die to ourselves um galatians 2 20 says that i've been crucified with christ it's no longer i that live but christ that, that lives within me if christ is living in you your light will shine and those other things that we just discussed will not be able to turn your light off. Right. So what are you feeding your light with? What kind of batteries are you using? Are you feeding your light with the word of God? Are you um, keeping it charged up through the Holy Spirit? Um, are, are you spending those sweet times in prayer where the light um, can, can be shown on you and, and God can reveal things to you that you wouldn't already know? Um, or, or are you just relying on your own strength, your own wisdom? And your light is getting dimmer and mm -hmm. dimmer. Mm -hmm. And with that, we're going to end this episode with prayer. So, Lord God, I just thank you for this day. And I just thank you for everybody that's listening. Lord God, I just pray that we wouldn't hide our light, Lord God, that we would shine forth in our families. We would shine at our workplace. We would shine um, with our friends, Lord God. And I just Thank you for everybody that's listening to this podcast and that you have blessed it. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. And with that, this is a Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. I'm Michael Kidwell. And I'm Mike Kidwell. Thank you for joining us.